Uh, welcome along to Destination Tokyo, back from Tokyo after a full-on three weeks working for BBC Sport. And today I'm going to have a quick reflection on the games. Um, tomorrow I'll be speaking to Mel Marshall, who's Adam Peaty's coach, and also Anna Hopkin and Luke Greenbank, and won lots of medals and a phenomenal games for the swimmers. And then we'll turn on to uh, Paralympic Sport just ahead of the Paralympics, which start in just a few days' time. But I'm joined today by Destination Tokyo regular Shona McCallan, medal winner from Tokyo in GB hockey. Hi, Shona. Hey, Mark. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm still suffering from jet lag. But how, what about you? Um, what struck me, because I was there and I saw it, is that actually, you know, for, for a squad that had won gold uh, five years ago, the celebrations looked even bigger, really, than five years ago. And the squad seemed even happier. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, um, yeah, for, for half of the squad, that was the first um, taste of Olympic medal. So, yeah, going to be ecstatic with that. Um, it was a it was a very hard-earned bronze medal. We were out there for about four weeks and had to play eight games for it. Um, and for those that were lucky enough to be in Rio and, and, and got our hands on a gold medal, I think the bronze um, just means a lot more for us um, just in terms of the journey that us as individuals in the squad have, have been on over the last couple of years. It's been a bit of a rough ride, um, lots of unrest in the squad with players, coaches, chopping and changing, um, COVID, yeah, lots of lots of curveballs being thrown at us as a squad. So to come away with a bronze medal, um, yeah, still a little bit in shock, to be honest. It was a very emotional games, I think, and I think a lot of athletes articulated that. Did you feel that too? I did, yeah. I think the last 18 months has showed us what life is really about and how important just to be happy and healthy is and, um, you know, not taking for granted the little things for, you know, seeing family, friends whenever you want. Um, and I think sport has played a huge part in in helping people through it. Um, whether it be watching or taking part. Lots of us spoke beforehand about the power of the Olympics to bring people together and bring people a little bit of joy and, and make people proud watching Team GB. And, and that's what we wanted to do. And that's what was certainly in the forefront of my mind for lots of the games, um, you know, just, just trying to make people as proud and as happy as possible after what's been a bit of a dreary uh, 18 or so months. And you touched on it there as well, the number of games you played in the amount of time. And I was at the stadium on the day you won the bronze medal and the temperature was fierce. I mean, I think, God, how did you guys play every other day for so long in, in such temperatures? I mean, what? It was at least 33 in the shade and you were playing in, in the full blazing sun and the humidity was high as well. Yeah, it certainly was fierce. Um, yeah, I think pitch side, it got officially up to about 42, 43. Um, so yeah, hot. Um, we knew it was going to be a huge factor, so had kind of prepared for it as, as best as we could in in UK temperature. So had done a lot of heat acclimation work, which the English Institute of Sport and GB Hockey um, put a lot of time and effort into, which was uh, yeah unbelievable for us to have that. Um, yeah, I mean the timings of the matches weren't weren't great for you know getting the best out of us because it was just so hot would have been nice to play a few more evening matches but hey it is what it is um but yeah surprisingly it didn't actually feel too bad when we were playing or for, for us because we the body is amazing and you do get used to it um and we had 
everything in place, cooling strategies, um, you know, ice cubes, uh, ice towels, uh, ice lollies, um, you know, so we were able to kind of try and regulate temperature as best as we could. And do you, out of the 11 starters, are you the one who does the most yardage during a game? Do you know? what? How are the stats? Yeah, I don't know, actually. We do have GPS, which obviously little units that sit um, in between our shoulder blades, which which track every, everything. And that's um, been a staple in our training environment for, for many, many years. Um, I, I'd I, want to know. I'd want to yeah. know if I ran more than anyone else. Nah, what, you're, you're sort of in that midfield role. Yeah, I mean, it's not about like, how much you run it's probably um the efficiency of your running because uh for example if i was lazy and didn't run early enough then that would cause me to have to do extra running to then win the ball back later on whereas if i just went a little bit harder for 10 meters rather than five meters then i could have stopped it so often those that run the most or if we if we run a lot in a game it's not always a good thing um yeah, I think on average, probably we do, it's not that much, but it's all at high intensity and high speeds, probably between, I don't know, six and seven K a game, um, maybe on a, on a on a big day, seven and a half. But all of that is is pretty much heart rate at, you know, nine, 80, 85% of your max. Wow. Um, what's been the question that people have been asking you most since you've been back? I mean, pe- people have, you know, I, I had some people around last night and they were asking me lots of questions about the games. And for me, the one that people asked me was, what was it like without any spectators? I don't know. How about you? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of uh, favourite questions. What was it like without spectators? How hot was it? Yeah, um, you've answered that one. What, what was it like without spectators? Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been amazing to have packed packed crowd the stadium was incredible both stadiums that they'd had built um but we've kind of got used to it we haven't played in front of a crowd for well uh nearly a year so yeah you get used to it I mean the the team GB people that came to watch us and and our um support staff and, and amazing reserves that were in the crowd they made a lot of noise so we could always hear them and we always felt supported um but yeah, it was just something that you just had to kind of put the back back to back of your mind. But yeah, it, it was a huge shame for the Japanese public that they weren't able to come. And what other questions? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah. You're just going to throw another one. Other in there. questions. Uh, what was the food like? It's a good one. People like to ask. Um, were the beds really made of cardboard? It's another one. Yes, they were. They were the most uncomfortable things I've ever lay on in my life. <laughs> so please <laughs> back in my own bed. Did you have to wear masks? Um, what was the flight back like? For me, I mean, I tell I had to wear a mask, and I was probably working fourteen hours a day, so I wore a mask for fourteen hours a day, and uh, you know, even the shortest walks, wherever, and so quite a lot of that was in the heat, and it was pretty oppressive and uncomfortable. But you sort of like you've sort of alluded to, really, it's what you dealt with, and you just deal with it and get on with it, really. Yeah, you do. Like it wasn't it wasn't nice having to wear a mask whenever you went outside when it was 36 degrees. Um, but everybody does it. We're doing it for a good cause, good reasonings, and you just have to get on with it. What about the reception home? Yeah, it was nice. Um, yeah, we got a flight back on uh, Sunday night and we had well, all the hockey girls. And we had quite a lot of other athletes on um, some of the athletics 
um Tom Daly some golfers so we had we had a good haul of of athletes on on the flight which meant that there was quite a lot of family and friends which um made their way to Heathrow to to surprise us all so um yeah we were kind of held back a bit and and athletes kind of got drip fed through and every time an athlete the doors open an athlete went in you could hear the cheers which was yeah it gave, gave me goosebumps thinking about it then um and yeah I had three three people come to the airport to greet me with a with a handmade sign which was great and it was yeah just amazing to see so many of the hockey people's friends and families because yeah they've been through it with us all they've experienced the highs the lows and uh, yeah to see them emotional kind of brought back um you know how well we've done to, to to come away from Tokyo with a bronze medal and your home village I saw some pictures there of uh, the the welcome to drive Doddington sign decorated with references to your medal yeah yeah I went home to see uh, family for the first time well in a long time um, which was great uh, just to be there with no stress no nothing um yeah they're, they're they're pretty proud um when I go back you know the there's an average age of probably about 65 70 in that village and there's only about 250 people so to have a an Olympian within that is yeah something to be proud of and I love always love going back um seeing familiar faces and people that I grew up with um so yeah I had a nice time with with, with some family and just yeah able just to you know have a drink eat, eat what I want and just relax which you know, haven't been able to do for a really long time. And have you had time yet to process things and to reflect on the the two weeks and you know sort out your thoughts and feelings? Um, not not fully. Uh, I think it will take a while to kind of digest it. Digest it all. I think at the moment I'm still quite busy. You know, catching up with people that I haven't seen for a long time. And I think once the dust settles and I just have a bit of time um, to myself, I'll probably yeah try and digest it all and and think about what's happened um I actually wrote a, a diary throughout the games every day I, for the yeah four weeks that I was there so I might go back and read that and just kind of see how how yeah I guess far we've come and you know what was going on what sort of diary do you write is it thoughts and feelings is it practical do you sketch in it um it? so this one it was a, it was a book actually given us to us in our like athlete kit bag from I think it was in partnership with the EIS in English Institute of Sport and just uh, you know they pushed and put a lot of work and time into athlete well-being and and, and mental health um and this this journal it had like set out things it was like goals for the day and um you know the highlight of the day choices that you made that were good I, I to be honest I started filling out that and then I didn't I just wrote like basically what happened in the day um, just as a bit of a reminder as to, you know, I can look back to see what I did. Yeah, I don't know about you. I mean, when I'm there, the, the days just fly by and it is, it, I often come back and wish I'd written things down to remember the small and tiny details. I took loads of photos this time to help me along the way. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the Olympics is a super special thing and you, you want to be able to remember it. And yeah, it's just those small details or small things that happen in the day which can get lost. So yeah, it'd be good to yeah, go back and read it and and just reflect and and yeah in a few months time probably sit back and be pretty proud of what GB hockey have done yeah GB women have done done pretty well um the last three olympics three medals you know there's, there's obviously something going right um but there's still a lot to more more to improve on and you know 
hopefully we can we can all have a bit of a rest reflect and and you know decompress but what's happened and how we can improve because we all we all want to improve and we all want to um get gb hockey in, in the best place possible you're going to play in holland now and there's some spikiness actually i saw on the social media after the after the game i don't know who upset who but uh, one of the dutch players said a few things yeah yeah we did get a little bit spiky um I mean, to be honest, sometimes you read things and take it with a pinch of salt. Um, media's there to sometimes cause up a bit of a, a stir. And I know there was conversations afterwards and one of the players from Holland was yeah, pretty pretty upset that it had come across that way. Um, one of the comments about us being lucky or being pure luck that we won in, in Rio didn't sit too well with, with us considering we'd beaten them the year before and also beaten them and drew with them in a two-match series just before Rio. So um, I think that girl probably needs to <laughs> have a think about it. I don't think it was pure luck. Um, you don't win an Olympic medal, Olympic gold with pure luck. Um, I think things get said in the mix zone uh, on adrenaline, don't you? I do. I think you have to take things with it with a pinch of salt. Brilliant. Well, look, great to see you, Shona. Congratulations on a second Olympic medal. Uh, thanks for being part of Destination Tokyo and good luck in Holland. Thank you so much and best of luck with uh, with everything moving forwards. And that's Shona McCallan from the GB Women's Hockey Squad, a regular contributor over the last six months to Destination Tokyo, or more than six months now. Thanks Shona and all the best in Holland and some great reflections there on life in Tokyo on the inside. And congratulations to the squad winning a bronze medal, I think many thought wasn't possible this time around so well done all and that's it for today as i said tomorrow it's going to be mel marshall coach of adam Peaty and anna hopkin and luke greenbank who had a very successful games in the pool until then thanks for listening see you later bye bye